enough flowing robes and gold and jewels to make you squint. We are covering breaking news out of Allen, Texas, a shooting at an outlet mall shortly outside, small distance outside of Dallas, Texas. At this point, law enforcement says the shooter is dead. They believe he was acting alone. The man accused of choking a fellow subway rider to death should face criminal charges. The killing of Jordan Neely last week. Swords and orbs and scepters representing ancient hereditary power and assumed heavenly approval. There may not be a better analogy for the way modern society operates than what we saw in the news cycle just last week. While in London, the world is watching the coronation of King Charles, another mass shooting took place in Texas, where eight people were killed outside a mall in Allen. We're almost tempted just to watch Charles to keep our mind away from the nihilistic and depressing world that's being created right before our very eyes, but we can't afford to be distracted. No matter if it's good or bad news, that could be exactly what the news cycle is engineered to do. But we all know the devastating impact of tuning out and letting our overlords spoon feed us information and what that can really do. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. We know we live in a distracted age. The only question is, how can we regain our focus? When we see the media quick to cover up the motive of the trans shooter who killed six Christians at a school in Nashville, and even quicker to ascribe motive to the shooter in Allen, Texas, we're quick to wonder why. But few wonder why we don't even stop to consider that the motive of mentally deranged people matters way less than why those people are mentally deranged in the first place. Sure, you can blame the proliferation of guns in the present for the uptick in violence, but Americans have always had guns. The question is, why are people dealing with unhinged people more and more in society today? Until our very unserious conversations actually get to the root of the problem, we'll keep politically pandering to our base instead of addressing the real root cause. And until we do that, more people may have to die. Today, I'll show you why we cannot afford to get distracted if we hope to keep this nation intact. As the party that hates the gender binary cries out for justice in the Jordan McNeely choking death, we'll see the way those same people retreat to a racial binary faster than cockroaches when the lights get turned on. But there's more to the story, and I bet you'd never guess drugs are an important factor. We'll also take a look at the Texas shooter and go far beyond the long gun he was carrying in order to address why mental illness is on the rise and why we need to bring back involuntary commitment, in a substantive way at least. And then finally, I'll show you how Christianity is the cure for, for the distraction of conspiracy theories that have been taking the internet by storm for a long time now. All that and more today on IndieThinker. Welcome to the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And also, as important, don't forget to check out today's show's sponsors. Not only are we a nonprofit, but we are funded by those sponsors who care about what we're doing here at IndieThinker. And so you can go show them some love 
Even if you haven't given to IndieThinker in the past, you can go give to these businesses and let them know that IndieThinker sent you. And you can do that by going to kbmtg.com. So if you're in the market for a home or investing in the real estate market, maybe you're going to flip a home, you need to go check these guys out. And they can help you not only get a great interest rate, but they'll also help take care of every single detail. I'm going through the process with them now, and Kevin's just the, the best. But in, but in order for you to realize that, you got to go, gotta go to kbmtg.com today to let them show you how how they can take care of your real estate mortgage needs. Before I jump into our first story, I want to tell you that over the weekend, I separated from my family, kissed them goodbye, and then embarked upon a journey of masochism as I endured the caveman games this weekend, which was a weekend of testing your physical limits to push you to the brink and potentially even blow your knee out. So I just barely avoided that, unlike some of my other compatriots um, in, in war. But I will say this, throughout all of the events that took place this weekend that left me bruised and battered, and not just in my body, but also in my ego, I, um, I learned one thing. I, for one, like creature comforts and like America and technological advancements. And I would like to continue on a journey of progress, and uh, I want to continually fight those who want to destroy this great nation because I, for one, would like not to return to the caveman days where we're all having to fight for our caves and fight for the women in our cave. Um, I, I actually kind of like this nation, so it renewed my vigor to fight against those who want to destroy this nation from the ground up. And uh, if you don't want to return to the cavemen days, I would also encourage you also to uh, to join the fight. So in order to do that, first of all, we're going to look at the story of Jordan McNeely. Now, many of you are probably aware at this point in time because it's all over the news. And oddly so, right? When people die every single weekend in Chicago, tragically, children among them. Um, in fact, this just happened two weeks ago where I think a child was shot in the face in Chicago. But Jordan McNeely is getting a special amount of attention here, and one can't help but wonder why. Might it have something to do with the fact that the mainstream media is absolutely in love with finding stories that kind of fit their narrative? And of course, in this case, the narrative is, as always, white man uh, attacker and black man being attacked. And so at this point in time, many of you know that Jordan McNeely is a homeless man that was on a subway that was verbally accosting people, yelling in people's faces, saying that he doesn't care if he has to die or go to the hospital or he's not afraid to attack anybody, but that he's hungry and he's thirsty. And he was accosting people until a young man um, took matters into his own hand and he restrained Jordan McNeely, putting him in a chokehold, which was not necessarily supposed to really even injure the man or kill him, but to make him pass out. Seems as though the, the young man doing this was probably trained in jujitsu or something of the like. Needless to say, that took place for about three minutes while others were restraining Jordan McNeely. And then after that three min minutes, the, the chokehold was released and Jordan McNeely was unconscious. So Suffice to say, the media has gotten all their guns out to make sure that they paint the picture along with protesters in New York City that this is yet another example of 
white extremism, uh, maybe neo-Nazism, and racism in America. And the idea at the end of the day, as always with these things, including what takes place with our president when he tells us that people are not getting the fundamental right to vote in places like Atlanta and so on and so forth. Uh, as always, this is a the narrative is that we have not progressed since the civil rights movement. In fact, uh, if you were to trust Joe Biden, you should just uh, you should just be quiet, boy. Hush up, boy. And if you don't vote for him, you're not black. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. And that right now we're in the Jim Crow era and nothing has changed probably since slavery. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. So needless to say, all of that is total nonsense because we've definitely progressed in all of those areas. Do we need help? Sure. Uh, but are we living in the days of lynching and in the days of Jim Crow? Nobody in their right mind would actually su suggest such a thing unless you're in it for political gain. So suffice to say, um, what's been going on since then is a incredible amount of protests and demonstrations to try to find Justin for justice for Jordan McNeely. Now, a couple of things I might need to add before we jump into what those protests look like. You should know that Jordan McNeely was not just accosting and yelling at people. You might be accustomed to that in your own home, depending upon what time of the month your wife may be expressing her feelings toward you. Um, it wasn't just that. You should also know that Jordan McNeely has a record of about 40, over 40 assault charges, including crushing the orbital bone in an elderly woman and trying to push people in front of subway cars as they were coming through. So needless to say, Jordan McNeely was an unhinged, deranged, homeless man that had mental illness that desperately needed the help of New York City and never got it. It's interesting to me that protesters who hit the subway were totally unconcerned about these mentally ill people who are living in hell every single day of their lives and never get concerned for them until they can get the kind of media coverage that you can see here. Now, with all the shouting, you probably don't know exactly what's going on, but people are saying, say his name and no justice, no peace, which, of course, is the rally cry of Antifa these days, uh, which means that we will not let you sleep in peace, that we will attack you back unless you do what we want. And it's, it's an explicit threat here. Now, some may say, well, really what they mean, Reed, is that you'll just have to keep on hearing our voice and we'll inconvenience you, make it so that you can't go to work. We'll stand in the way of these subway cars and all the like. But um, but color me a little skeptical that I think actually what they mean is that there will be counter violence. Needless to say, people are on the subway blocking the subway cars once the police got them off of the tracks. Then these protesters stood in the way of others trying to get through to get, get onto the subway. Now, there's a lot of people that are saying that what actually took place with this Jordan McNeely death is that, that the, the individual who choked this man was merely defending himself. I don't know that that's really the case. I don't know that the level of aggression was commensurate with the threat that Jordan McNeely posed. Nobody on that subway knew that Jordan McNeely had over 40 assault, assault counts. And so the reality is, is that in that moment, what took place is going to have to be is going to have to be justified in a court of law. I'm sure there will be a trial and this individual will ha have to stand trial and give an account for, for what he did. 
Now, there's some other evidence outside of the color of these two men that actually you need to understand if you're actually going to understand this particular instance. Yes, we need to know that Jordan McNeely was a mentally insane individual that was continually assaulting people. Now, whether that helps this guy in court, again, is yet to be seen. But it does help us trying to apprehend exactly what took place that day and whether or not this was a race-based crime. What you should know is that Jordan McNeely, and of course this is something that um, is rarely being reported, is that Jordan McNeely was incredibly high on K2 when he was choked out. Because I made mention of this at the beginning of the story, but Jordan McNeely was put in a sleeper hold, not necessarily a death trap hold. So that hold is typically supposed to make people pass out, not necessarily supposed to make them quit breathing and die. It is highly likely that the reason that Jordan McNeely is dead today has not much to do with that white man's arm around his neck, as much as it has to do with the fact that he was high on K2. Now, before you jump to conclusions and say, well, I'm pretty sure that white man's arm is the reason, Reed, um, let me tell you exactly what some of the side effects of K2 are. Now, as I pull this up on the screen, and you'll see it there, um, you should also know that KT2 is a synthetic cannabis. And if you look down on this behavioral health systems article about the effects of this synthetic marijuana, you'll see this. And it says, due to the fact that the drug is fairly new in the prominence of its circulation and use, the DEA is reportedly still studying its long-term effects. That's at least to say troubling. However, it gets more troubling. The most devastating effect of synthetic marijuana is sudden and untimely diarrhea, balding, spontaneous combustion. No, sudden and untimely death. Well, that's odd, isn't it? Now, I know some of you stoners are going to get up in arms with me right now. So before you pack another bowl, take the glass bong, set it on the table, push the Cool Ranch Doritos away for just three seconds, and hear me out. Is there any other substance that we take that says side effects, untimely death? The answer to that is hopefully no, unless you need to also push away the meth along with the glass bong. Uh, the reality is, is that if we're going to be honest with ourselves, while you may love the effects of marijuana and you may try to, uh, you know, say marijuana is great for people, look at the medical benefits, and that's why I take it, also known as you're a stoner. If you just push all of that stuff away for a moment and you're really honest with yourself, the fact that you want marijuana is a little bit of denial with the fact that you're just obsessed with drugs. And really, it's probably not that great that everybody in the world goes around constantly smoking pot. I can't tell you how often I'm sitting in traffic, whether it be in the morning on the way to work or on my way to go get my kids, how often I smell marijuana in the car that's either in front of me or beside me or something like that coming through the vents of my car. I actually appreciate fresh air. So the fact that there is a smog-like cloud covering most major cities all over America that smell exactly like you've been baked for the last three weeks. It's not a good thing, suffice to say. And it wasn't a good thing for Jordan McNeely because I'm going to go even one step further beyond the side effect of unfortunate, untimely death and give you one, uh, a couple more side effects of this synthetic marijuana. And it says this, that you can have familial discord, destruction of interpersonal relationships. Who knew being stoned all the time actually was not great for your family? Irreversible cognitive impairment. Stroke, seizure, heart attacks, psychosis, self-injury, suicidal thoughts, 
and behaviors and death. Now, that seems as though it's basically a rereading in medical terms of exactly what was going on with Jordan McNeely. So to suspect that this has anything to do with race and not something to do with mental illness and the proliferation of drugs in our city streets and homelessness and mental illness all over the place, the reality is that all those things come into play and need to be discussed. So you say this white man's arm is the cause of death. Do you really know that? I know that's all you're hearing from the media, but please, this show is dedicated to thinking for yourself. Is that really the only thing that needs to be considered is the color of these two individuals and whether or not that's where we need justice. Perhaps we need justice in the fact that there is an industry pushing drugs upon people that cause untimely death. If you're going to be intellectually honest, I would love to hear from you in the comments section what you think about that. Now, in our next story, I also need to continue to unearth some of the distractions of what's going on in our society because lives are really dependent upon it. The Texas shooter that killed eight people outside of a shopping mall in Allen, Texas, is, uh, is, is again, going to be one of these clarion calls for, for the removal of a certain type of firearm. And I, I'm going to give you a little bit of a controversial take, at least from the people who listen to this show who are kind of on my side. I'm going to give you a controversial take um, about, about what I think about some of this. But before I do that, let me at least give you some of the details of what took place at, at, this, um, at the shooting. And this is according to the New York Times. Gunfire erupted around 3.30 p.m. local time, the police said, as throngs of shoppers filled the outdoor mall, which has more than 120 stores. A video posted on social media appears to show a figure clad in black getting out of a silver car in a parking lot opening fire. Other videos circulating on social media show people dashing for shelter or running through a parking lot as a loud popping noise, as loud popping noises are heard in the background. Now, who is the gunman? This is kind of one of the things I wanted to focus on with you. The Texas Department of Public Safety on Sunday identified the shooter as Mauricio Garcia, 33, of Dallas. Mr. Garcia may have espoused white supremacist ideology, according to law enforcement officials. Now, I don't know about you, but I hate to stereotype, but Mauricio Garcia doesn't really sound like a name that you would associate with white supremacy. So color me skeptical. But also, isn't it a little bit interesting that when the Nashville shooter came along, they didn't say may have espoused hatred towards Christians because of their trans ideology, but this is exactly what we get when somebody may be uh, considered as that w- what, what the media would consider on the right, neo-Nazi. When, when it's about race, that's exactly when the media, media jumps into action to ascribe motive. Now, if we're going to not get distracted here, please be really clear about a couple of things with me, that we are going to focus on what actually kills people since inanimate objects don't. If we're going to really get to the issues, we cannot afford to do what AOC does in this tweet. Republicans keep blaming mass shootings on mental health, but then defending the killing of the mentally ill, too. Well, isn't that interesting, AOC? We talk about Jordan McNeely being mentally ill, and then we talk about mentally ill people killing other people. So in the case of Jordan McNeely, he was accosting people and people had to defend themselves. And in the case of mentally ill shooters like the one in Nashville and the one there in Texas, 
they're also aggressively attacking people, and then we're also killed. So the argument for Republicans, especially a person like myself, is completely consistent here. People who are a threat need to be need to be negated as quickly as possible. So the fact that this totally makes no sense is probably par for the course for AOC. But the reason it doesn't make sense is not just that even her tweet is not like intellectually consistent or coherent because she's not proving a point at all, but it also is inconsistent and incoherent in, in the way in which it tries to prove a point. Because mental illness is the silver strand running through every single one of these stories. And mental illness then, therefore, is the issue. Let me give you a for instance here. If you saw a homeless man, and by the way, let's just be real about this. You can kind of tell based upon their dress and based upon their array of cleanliness and overall stench. If you saw a homeless man walking down the street with a samurai sword, would you think that that was normal or maybe something that was a little bit dangerous? The idea is that the weapon in the hand of the mentally ill person is not the problem. It's the mentally ill person. Yes, a mentally ill person can do less damage with Leonardo's weapon of choice, but they can still do damage and shouldn't be trusted with guns. This is why we need to have a conversation about mental illness if we're really going to get to the heart of the issue. And more importantly, especially if we're Christians, we're going to have to get to the conversation about what really is behind mental illness. What deranges a person to get to the place where they think killing eight-year-old and nine-year-old little girls is actually the answer to anything. Forgive me if I have to move into the mystical a bit and say, boy, that sure is so illogical and so crazy. I'm not sure the chemical imbalance accounts for all of that. And I think what actually does account for it is a spiritual malaise that is that is capturing the heart of people who have removed themselves from Christianity. If we're really going to have a substantive conversation about mental illness, we need to have a conversation about the fact that Guns were prolific 50 years ago, but mass shootings weren't. The one thing that is on the rise, yes, sure, in a limited capacity, the number of guns that people have, but really this is responsible gun owners collecting guns more so than anything else. It's not the rise of guns that is really causing the rise in violence. It's the rise in mental illness. I think this is pretty conclusive and, and pretty much a common sense statement. But at least let me show you some statistics that back it up. CNN just recently reported that over 90% of Americans think that mental illness is a huge problem in America. So it's not just me, AOC, that thinks that mental illness is a real issue. It's basically every single American who can use their eyes to process information and realize that our world is getting crazier and crazier. I just happen to think it's getting crazier and crazier as the decline in, in church attendance and the, the decline in religious, religious belief starts to take place. But needless to say, if we're going to do something about mental illness, let's come up with some solutions here. And so the first one I would say is this, is that we need to get back to involuntary commitment laws. Where people are committed in every single state around America, and they are committed because they are battling with mental illness, severe mental illness. Now, the reason the left doesn't want to do this is because they believe it is their job as bleeding heart liberals to try to be the nanny state for everyone. And so what they would rather do is to try to put homeless people in a home. Because again, they're the fathers and they're taking the place uh, of the parent for 
for these individuals who cannot do it themselves. And so what they would rather do is put them in homes or to give them stimulus checks or to try to offset their uh, their living situation as though that will automatically magically cure their mental illness. This is the same thing with with guns. Less guns on the street means less death. It just means less gun death. I'm not so positive it means less death because I'm not sure if you remember kind of before, you know, the pre-civilized era where people were going out raping and killing each other. Uh, people will find a way to murder and hurt other people because, surprise, evil exists. Now, you might want to have a conversation about the ways in which that's done, and I'm going to do that in a moment, but let's just be really, really honest. To say less death, less guns, less death is merely missing the point here. So let me just tell you that in every state in America, for the most part, with few exceptions, there are involuntary commitment laws. They are just never enacted, and they are typically only enacted because of substance abuse. So if somebody's an alcoholic or if somebody is, um, you know, has OD'd on drugs or something like that, then you can involuntarily commit people. So it's almost always as a result of drugs, but never as a result of mental illness. If you really care about people, then you will then you will involuntarily commit them, homeless or not, when they are struggling with mental health issues that make them deranged and psychotic. So I will go one step further and say, along with the kind of laws that we need to enact to make involuntary commitment more, more prolific, we also probably need to enact some laws that is probably going to get me in trouble with people on my side. I'm, I think we need to enact more laws that, that limit or completely take away the right of anybody to own a gun who has been suffering or struggling with their mental health. Now, whether you call this red flag laws or you call it anything else, there, it's insane to me to believe that anybody who is struggling with their mental health, anybody that has dysphoria of a gender type or anything like that should own a gun that I don't think any common sense person on the planet should would believe that you need a gun if you're struggling with your mental health. The real question then comes for us conservatives is what does it mean to to gauge someone's mental health? I understand it can be a very slippery slope. And it takes a lot of robust discussion and very clearly defined laws in order to do this. Well, I, for one, think it's kind of worth it. If you would agree with me that a mentally ill person should not possess a gun, should not be a gun owner, then I think it's worth our time to invest talking about what does that mean. I don't think we have to take away AR-15s from responsible gun owners. I think we have to have a conversation about what mental health actually looks like and what kind of assessments and tests need to be done to make sure that the individual who is trying to purchase a gun does not have the right to do so if they have been struggling with their mental health. For instance, in the Nashville shooter case, the, the individual involved had been going to a psychiatrist and mental issues had been identified by their parents. Anybody that is undergoing psychiatric treatment in the moment should not own a gun. I mean, that's just one of the ways in which we can we can have a very simple conversation about who should own a gun and who shouldn't own a gun. Now, more importantly, if we're going to get really serious about this, we need to go back to this idea about the nanny state becoming the parent over homeless people. And we need to realize that the vast majority of mass shooters, and I could almost guarantee you without even knowing in this case that it is true of this guy in Texas, the vast majority of mass shooters do not have fathers in their homes. In fact, over 70% of mass shooters did not have an intact family, according to the Heritage Foundation. So if we're going to have a really 
robust and thoughtful conversation about what is behind mass shooters, we need to have a conversation about who is behind the destruction of the nuclear family. Because one of the greatest safeguards, not only mental health checks and that kind of thing, against mass shooters, one of the greatest safeguards is not just that, it's also fathers in the home parenting kids. And by fathers, I don't mean absentee fathers. I don't mean weak fathers. I don't mean fathers who let their kids run over them or are just more interested in relaxing after a hard day of work, getting a beer and watching TV. I'm talking about real fathers, real men. I'm not even talking about men that can bench press 250. I'm talking about men who have enough backbone to stand up to their children. I had a conversation just recently on social media with a parent that is so afraid of their children disowning them that they are willing to suggest that they should mutilate their children before they're even 18. And even if this individual was making the argument that after 18 that you want to encourage or be by your child's side because you don't want to lose your child, it's ridiculous because here's my argument to that. If you have a relationship predicated upon lies, what kind of relationship do you actually have? See, the kind of parents that we need today are not the ones who are deeply concerned with their kids not liking them. Your children are not your friends and they're not your buddies. Your children are your responsibility. And the sooner we get fathers who understand that, the better. And I'm talking about the kind of dads who will make sure their kids when they're acting unruly in a supermarket, um, the kind of fathers who will do something about those kids who are, who are acting unruly and not just let them go around disturbing and being an annoyance to everybody else around them. Not from personal experience, I'm just merely making a suggestion. At any point, if we're gonna truly get to the heart of what will help our society and not get distracted, then it's time that we stepped into Bible study with Democrats. Oh God of pronouns. Now this segment is typically dedicated to Democrats and their very interesting interpretations of the Bible. Uh, but uh, more broadly, it really is about the religion of secular humanism and what it does to our to our brains. So that's why today we're going to kind of forego the uh, biblical interpretation of those on the View for us for a moment, and we'll get back to that maybe next week because I'm sure they'll come up with some great biblical insights in the future. But today we're going to be looking at conspiracy theorists and the religion of conspiracy theorists. Uh, as it might be considered, based upon the kind of very deeply held beliefs of some of the people in these different circles. So, of course, first, we have to go to the fake moon landing. So here's our very first TikTok of that. All right, firstly, I think somebody needs some explaining to do, because if Neil Armstrong was the first person on the moon, who would have taken this photo of him? Next, here's a photo of Neil's boots on display. However, this was his footprint when he was on the moon. Something's not adding up here. Now, so apparently Neil Armstrong took this photo of astronaut Buzz Aldrin on the moon, but when you zoom in, there is no camera found. Moving on, it's always been a mystery how the flag is up when there's no wind on the moon. Also, people believe since there's no stars in the sky that the pictures were actually taken in a studio. And finally, since Nil is in a shadow but all lit up, people believe that they took a studio light to take the picture. But what do you all think? All right, so I don't have time to answer everything that was just done there, but I and I don't really want to because it is an entire waste of my time, but and, and yours. But I do want to 
try to illustrate something here. So so let me just deal with a couple, the first couple that you heard. First of all, the boots. So the boots that he showed you in that picture, um, I, it seems as though there was something that Neil Armstrong strapped on the bottom of his shoes, if that even was a real picture of his shoes, that you can see here in these pictures of Buzz when he's on the lunar module, and then even further out where you can see, again, if you look closely enough, that he's got these little gray things that are on the bottom of his shoes that have the impression that you see in the moon dust or whatever it is. Um, so it's a little bit ridiculous that we would that we would suggest that these men who just landed on the moon, now again, I know you don't believe they did it, but these men just landed on the moon and they don't have the technology to put sneakers on the man, that seems a little bit ridiculous to me. So needless to say, um, hopefully that debunks that, but it's very clear from the pictures taken of Buzz while he's there on the moon that he's got something on the bottom of his shoes that is helping him with his traction, and that's why that footprint looks like that. Now, furthermore, the, the, the damning one, the damaging one, shows that this was a staged moon landing, is that somebody must be taking the picture of Buzz as he's coming off, since he's the first one on the moon, who's taking the photo. Well, of course, we could probably use a little common sense and a little imagination here and say that, uh, well, there's just simply a camera mounted on the descent stage of the lunar module and it's pointed toward the steps. So there's stuff that's hanging out over to the side here. They take it and they turn it so that they can see Buzz come down and then walk down the steps. So it's kind of how cameras work. Where they're pointed, they can record stuff. So uh, so that's where that, that picture is coming from. Now, I don't have time to get any, into any of the more of the arguments, but you can you could look them up yourself and and recognize that they're pretty easily defeated just like with simple common sense and just a little bit of time and effort. So needless to say, um, we got to get to the bigger one here, which of course comes straight to us from T-Pain himself as he's talking to us about flat earth theory. When people say the earth is flat, I... Everybody thinks I'm joking, and I don't know why people think I'm joking. But uh, well, it's me, so I guess that's why they think. Yeah. That's why they think you. But when I say like, I'm, I kind of believe this. Shit. I just want to know what's on the bottom, what's under it. Like, what's if this is the if this is the flat Earth, what's here, and what are they trying to hide? Why are they trying to keep us from this? Why can't we go over Antarctica if Antarctica is the shit? and and everybody keeps saying God, and I'm like, that's where God is, uh, not the. <laughs> Other, uh, I haven't had this conversation with anybody. Uh, yeah, I, I've talked to BLB about this. He's he's not super informative. <laughs> <laughs> now this is a great TikTok, and the reason I shared this with you is not only do we get flat Earth theory, but we also get the destination and the like, the abode, the living place of God. And, and the idea that people are blocking Antarctica and there's like a polar ice wall to keep people from crawling to the other side of the earth because underneath there, God's hanging out. That's where his man cave is, is down underneath that flat earth. I got a better question. And again, I'm not a physicist here, but um, I think this pretty much just dismantles everything with flat earth. Um, and it has nothing to do with God living underneath the, the bottom side of this flat earth. Uh, the question is, is um, why doesn't all the water fall out? Like, we know a spherical Earth, because of the rotation of the Earth, it keeps the water, just like if you had water in a, in a cup and you slung it around, it's not coming out of the cup because of centripetal force. Um, how come all the water, if there is a flat Earth, doesn't just fall out from the bottom of the Earth? I know, mind-blowing. I, I don't get it. But the reason I wanted to illustrate all of that for you is because I believe Christianity provides 
an antidote for conspiracy theorists. First of all, conspiracy theorists and conspiracy theories are predicated upon a priori reasoning or just theoretical deduction rather than priori reasoning, which comes from from real discovery, experience, and investigation. So all of these things are just theoretical deductions based upon wild-eyed ideas, and Christianity is based upon truth. Now, I know some people out there, especially Christian conspiracy theorists, they do exist, they say, well, read, if you, you know, um, if you lived at the time of Jesus and you suggested that he was born of a virgin, you would have the same kind of backlash the flat earthers get and the people who think the moon landing was faked. You would be getting that same kind of backlash and they'd say, oh, you've got a tinfoil hat. Virgins don't give birth. You see how those two things are just absolutely the same, like apples and oranges? Here's the difference, is that actually... The evidence that we have from Scripture affirms the virgin birth, and actually historians, even secular in nature, believe that the Bible gives us a great picture of the first century and the things that were going on at that point in time. Now, of course, when it comes to the miraculous, they come around and they say, well, that's ridiculous, that was added later, but these historical events that archaeology proves and that history proves and all these other things that, hey, the Bible keeps on showing up pretty right. Uh, they say, well, the Bible's actually a, a good source of information for the first century. And one of the very few really good, reliable sources about what took place. Now, because it's attached to a religion, there are those who are still in the scientific community, archaeological, all of that, who are a little bit reluctant to believe it. But the Bible has consistently been proven by archaeology and historical findings. So suffice to say, it's very, very different to compare moon landing conspiracy theories with the virgin birth and what the Bible has to say about that. If we're going to be intellectually honest, actually, those secular scientists and archaeologists and whatever would have to come away saying, I am picking and choosing. I'm cherry picking here. I don't like what it says about the virgin birth, but all this other stuff that can be historically proven, I really like that stuff. But when it comes to this other stuff that I'm not so sure about, I just throw it out. See, like that's not actually an intellectual activity. You would have to lend credence to the virgin birth because of the historically reliable information that you're finding in the Bible. Now, you know, we say, well, Reed, we don't need to do that. We just need common sense, just like you're saying, because virgins don't give birth. Well, then you're having a much different conversation. Now you're making the claim, because there's different claims being made here. And again, it's all about critical thinking. A different claim is being made. Now you're saying miracles don't exist. So now you have to provide evidence that miracles don't exist. No one is saying that the moon landing is a miracle. No one's saying that flat earth is a miracle. They're actually saying that they have solid proof that can prove that Buzz Aldrin didn't walk on the moon and that the earth is flat. Uh, well, of course, you can't prove that. I'm not saying that I can prove the virgin birth is real. What I am saying is that there's a difference between proof and evidence. And I can tell you that the evidence that we find in Scripture proves, uh, it provides reliable evidence that the virgin birth took place. Now, the second thing is this. Conspiracy theories merely chase ghosts, and Christianity combats evil. So the reason I think that we need a good dose of Christianity away from conspiracy theories is that we will continue to argue over Buzz Aldrin's boots and whether or not he landed on the moon and forget that there are children being mutilated all over the United States, and it demands a response. See, conspiracy theorists, they hunt ghosts in the attic while the house is on fire, and Christians come along and say, hey guys, 
maybe an interesting intellectual exercise to talk about these conspiracy theories, but can we put the house out first before we actually go hunting ghosts in the attic? In the meantime, there are serious issues going on in and around our nation that demand the attention of good and godly people with a moral compass. And the lack of our voices in the public square right now standing up for those kind of things is incredibly deafening. So the reason I went through those conspiracy theories in the first place is to just really detail this, that people, when they don't have something to believe in, will fill in the gaps with something else. It may just not be something that's really beneficial to society. And as we consistently shift away from Christianity in the public square and move to secular humanism, we're filling in the gap with these ridiculous conspiracy theories, and they're a dime a dozen. But as I tried to illustrate, Conspiracy theories distract from more important matters, from the things that we should really be focusing our attention on. So if you don't want to be distracted and you want to hold fast to the truth, I'd encourage you potentially to pick up a Bible, which may not hurt you, and most importantly, to be dedicated to the truth and dedicated to the things that really matter rather than preoccupying yourself with things that don't. If you're in for that, I'd love to hear from you down in the comment section below. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and go with God.